welcome to the At Peace Parents podcast. I'm Casey, and I'm here to empower you in your decision-making as a parent of a demand-avoidant child. My goal is to share insights that will generate aha moments and support your connection with your child. I'm a mom of two amazing little boys, one of whom is PDA, and I've worked with hundreds of parents just like you to teach them how to lead their child out of burnout and find the clarity, peace, and sense of community they need. What are the skills, the practical skills that we need as parents of PDA children and teens to support their mental health, physical health, and nervous system well-being over the long term. So today I'm gonna talk about some skills and I'm gonna start with a very basic skill and illustrate it with my experience in yoga class this morning. And then we're gonna apply it to situations with our PDA children and teens. So this morning I was at yoga, I had a beautiful yoga class, I loved it, I sweat out the demons and the toxins and I was in really good vibes and I was laying down on my mat in Shavasana, which is where you lay at the end of the practice and there was nice music going and then all of a sudden I heard someone in the front row unwrapping a cough drop and it like the sound startled me and then I got really angry that someone was making noise and like unwrapping a hard candy during Shavasana because it's like the sacred practice, right? Then I got mad at myself for being reactive and judgmental because that's something that I try and work on on a daily basis to bring to my life, to bring to my parenting, to teach you guys to show up in that way. But I had that reaction, right? So this is a very like low stakes example where I applied what we call the sacred pause, which is just pausing for three to five seconds before we do anything and observing without judgment what's going on inside of us. So there are three things we can notice inside of us and some people notice one more than another. So it's thoughts, emotions, physical sensations, okay? So for me, the first one I always notice is thoughts they're often negative. (laughs) The second is physical sensations. And then emotions come and go for me. And when they do come out, they come out strongly. Okay, so in this case, I felt nervous system activation. I had a startle reflex because I was sensitive and it was a sound and I wasn't expecting it. So I had that little like feeling in my body. So that was a physical sensation. Then I had the subsequent thought, which was this person is so annoying, what are they doing? And then the second arrow of judging myself for having that thought and being like, I'm not a good yogi. Then third, the emotion of annoyance, okay? So what we can use the practical tool of the sacred pause, which I practice all the time, is like, okay, I note my physical sensation, I note my thought, I note my emotion, and I'm not gonna avoid that it's happening. I'm gonna let it pass through. And then I'm going to let go and not make it my identity or who I am or make myself wrong for it. Okay, so this is just like a very, very simple example of what the sacred pause is. And often when we're parenting our PDA children and teens, we have very extreme activation in our bodies. Like we have a surge of rage or we have itching all over our body because our nervous system is actually reacting 
really strongly to controlling behavior or their flight fight reaction or their freeze reaction or quote defiance and opposition. So we're going to feel really strong reactions in our nervous system. And this is evolutionary. Whether you're a biological parent or not, you're going to be wired for either your biological offspring or your tribe to be safe. And the reactions of our PDA children and teens are driven by the survival response. And so no matter how much our cognition is like, this is a nervous system disability, our nervous system is attuned to theirs, it's gonna react, okay? And then if you have a neurotype like PDA yourself, it's gonna be a double whammy, right? So we can just notice this and be like, okay, huge surge of anger. I used to grit my fists, like without even noticing, I would grip them. And I would have such wrist pain that I would actually have to wear like wrist guards because I was having this physical reaction with the behaviors that I was experiencing. The thoughts that I would have would be very negative, very invasive, like my child is a demon. And then I would be like, he can't get away with this. I need to stop this. And then I would judge myself as a parent. And then the emotions, which often come up through this experience, which can range from grief to rage to resentment to despair, right? So these are, the example I give in yoga is like a very small example of like a little bit of nervous system activation, a little bit of annoyance, a little bit of a negative thought all the way to the situations that many of us find ourselves in, in the trenches of like learning about PDA, trying to accommodate our kid, trying to understand their behavior through a nervous system lens. And we're trying to apply this sacred pause first to these really extreme situations. So one of the things that I encourage parents to do is to practice the sacred pause in moments that aren't feeling like life or death first, right? So like the example I gave of being in yoga and hearing someone unwrapping their wrapper for a cough drop, which is pretty innocuous. I was in a safe situation, but it's a continual practice, right? It's a skill that you develop that you can then apply to these more extreme situations where your child is screaming at you and blaming you. And of course, the first thought you're going to have, which so many of us do, is I can't let them behave like this. If they behave like this, they're never going to learn that it's inappropriate or more extremes, like they'll become narcissistic, abusive, or never be independent or end up in an institution, right? Zero to 100, these thoughts. But the sacred pause allows us as a tool, as a skill to just notice like, oh, thought form, like that thought passed through me. I can bless it and release it, right? Like I am observing. And then by the time you do that, often our nervous system starts to come down and we can make better decisions just from taking that sacred pause. So the sacred pause is just one of dozens of tools that I teach here on this page, but more specifically in the Paradigm Shift program. So I want to normalize that this is a skill-based practice, okay? So there's in the program, it's a 5A framework that we work through to get you three things. Clarity, the skills you need, and a sense of belonging while you're practicing the skills so that you have the strength and healing vibes to, to make the paradigm shift. Because without that, the information's not going to be sufficient, right, of just knowing. It's the practicing. And so 
for example, in the first A of the 5A framework, it is awareness. So that entire first three weeks that we spend together, we're just getting you clarity on exactly why your child is behaving the way that they are, what the root cause is, and understanding the deep like neurophysiology and, and biological responses of the nervous system right? And that's the premise. Because if we can't operate on the same premise, if we're still looking at it through a behavioral lens, it's hard to put skills into practice because we're like, these are the wrong skills. The next module is called acceptance. And we have, we have a couple tools, but the primary skill or tool is cost benefit decision making, right? And that sounds complex, but it's really not. And the tool is meant to do two things. First, it's helpful to get you clarity on understanding when you need to make decisions around things like screens, boundaries, school, attending things, siblings. All of those decisions are going to be very unique to your child and your situation. But the tool or the skill framework is the cost-benefit decision-making framework. So we look at the child, understand where they are and they're in there, how long the parents have been working through the PDA lens, where the child is in burnout, equilibrium, their cycle. And we look at the cost to the nervous system of the child of making a certain decision and then the benefit and then we do the opposite with a different decision okay so two different decisions and then we place that within the framework of the family system right so we have to consider the lead parents mental health the finances are their siblings involved right so this tool allows you to develop the skill to do this cost-benefit decision-making to get you clarity on what to do in any situation. So the, the program is not here to be like, if this happens, you should do this. Because each family's decision is gonna be different and each family is gonna have a unique path towards stability and peace. The second thing that this tool does for you is to help you radically accept the constraints of raising a child or teen with a nervous system disability, of understanding that in any given moment, you're either activating or accommodating them, and that often there aren't option C. Like, let me give you an example with a client of mine. So her son, PDA, young son, also has other things going on, including allergies. So the question for her is, how do I declutter or should I declutter in order to, you know, help his allergies, but at the same time, you know, he is going to equalize and have his nervous system activated because I move things around without his consent and he doesn't want things moved. Okay, so this is a really tough situation. So what, what do we do? We go through this skill with my help, of course, this is how you learn it, right? So it's like, okay, one choice is to leave things more cluttered and to not put things away and to not organize and not clean them up. And that means there's probably going to be more dust, a little bit more risk of allergies. And so allergies can activate his nervous system through his inflammation. However, it will not activate his PDA threat response from a perceived loss of autonomy right? So we have the benefit of not activating the PDA neuroception, and we have the cost of making his allergies worse. The other choice is to clean it up, which may, the benefit is it may improve his allergies, but he'll be activated through the perception that he didn't have choice, right? And of course, we can soften whatever decision we make to try and accommodate, right? Like, collaborate, use signals of nervous system safety, use declarative language, but ultimately a lot of this is decision making, 
right? And if the parents need to make a decision based on health that the child isn't necessarily privy to all the different facets, sometimes we can't accommodate our way out of it. The reason this tool is transformative is because she was able to see like option A, option B. Like that's it. There's just two options. Neither of them is wrong. Neither of them is right. It's just these are the constraints you face. And that does a couple things. First, it clarifies for you that you're not like a turkey, as my um, business coach says. Like, your clients aren't turkeys, right? And I totally agree with this. It's like, it's not because you as a parent somehow haven't figured out this magical option C or haven't found the right guru or expert. It's because there's only two options, right? But we're avoiding looking at that and accepting it because it sucks, right? That sucks. It sucks that those are the only two options because you feel like you're in between a rock and a hard place. However, by accepting those constraints of like, these are the two choices, over the long term, we can start to transcend those constraints. And I've seen this over and over again in my own life, in the family's lives that I've worked with over the long term. I often get, you know, people emailing me a year later to tell me about the full transformation of their family. So that's another skill that we develop in the program. Okay, the next set of skills is module three, which is accommodations, right? And we have nine proactive accommodations that we practice together, we collect data, we see with your own two eyes how things are shifting for your child. And then we have the three responsive accommodations, which are diffusion, de-escalation, and risk mitigation in the case that like there isn't physical or psychological safety. Okay, so those are all skills that we're putting into practice. The fourth module is affirmation, where we build on the accommodations that we've learned in the previous module, and we actually start to apply them to helping your child talk about their threat response, develop a healthy self-concept, and organically and with autonomy arrive on an identity that helps to develop a positive self-concept. And many children and teens arrive on PDA or autistic. Other kids are just like, I'm just me and I don't have a neurotype identity and that's fine, right? We're baking in autonomy to this whole process and it's relationship-based so that we're supporting them in finding what resonates for them. And then finally, the fifth module, is advocacy, which again, we're applying skills like nonviolent communication, boundary setting, pruning people from your life and recognizing why it's so hard to do this for many of us. <laughs> because this community is not random. The majority of the family, the parents I work with, either have <laughs> severe anxiety on one end all the way up to being PDA themselves, right? And so sometimes there's a history of fawning, people-pleasing, internalized threat response, survival responses that have to do with not upsetting anybody. And so this module really addresses like, it's not just knowing, it's like, how do we put this into practice and recognize, always going back to the sacred pause, like, oh, I'm having a nervous system response in this conversation with my kids OT because they don't fully understand PDA and I'm trying to explain it, but I feel like I'm doing something wrong and now I feel like I'm disassociating, right? Like these these are the nuances that we obviously build into the skills that we're building. So again, the Paradigm Shift program is our signature program. It's the actual opportunity 
for three months live to put everything into practice with a supportive community. And then you have lifetime access to the pre-recorded materials and you can always refer back to it. But there is an online community and I do 12 live spot coaching sessions, which means parents submit questions and if they want to, and if time zones permit, they actually get off a call and we work through real life examples. And this has been not just helpful for parents to understand how to use the tools using the real life examples, it has also been healing for the community because they see exactly the parent going through something similar to what they've been through. And it's also an opportunity for parents to connect and support each other in an action-oriented setting rather than a support group setting, which is a great setting, but this program is really oriented towards taking action and even confronting some of our triggers so that we can move through them and get unstuck. I hope that you guys join the wait list. I hope that I see you on the inside of the Paradigm Shift program. Whether or not you ever join, I'm just happy you're here on social media with me. And I appreciate you guys being such a cool community. All right, guys, have a good day. Thanks everyone for being here with me at the At Peace Parents podcast. This is your source for all things related to understanding, supporting, accommodating, and advocating for your PDA child. To go deeper on any of these topics, check out my course offerings and masterclasses at the website www.atpeaceparents.com. To completely transform the way you think about and relate to your child and to bring peace and stability to your home, join us for the next cohort of the Paradigm Shift program.